she's always been the type of person that just says things and she just speaks her mind. I guess that has a little bit to do with not having a formal education. Welcome to episode 42 of The Body Serve. Hi, this is James. And I'm Jonathan. And this is going to be a fun, fun episode. <laughs> if whether you like it or not. <laughs> We're wearing our six-inch heels <laughs> in honor of Miss Beyonce. Yeah, because Beyonce is the only person in the world who could make me appreciate The weekend. <laughs> well, Even for that. a few minutes. Yes. <laughs> because they work really well together on that song. Yeah, they really do. And I... You know, his thing usually bothers me a lot. Mm. You give Beyonce all the credit for it working, though. Well, okay. It is his sound uh -huh. on This dystopian kind of thing. Yeah. It's like this post-apocalypse R&B. It's really the Toronto sound. Which it's I like think it's really Lincoln just sound. the style to hide a lack of vocal ability. Agreed. I saw somebody on Twitter one time... Oh, no, on... Uh, do you ever use Yik Yak? I have no idea what that is. Yik Yak is hilarious. It's just like anonymous things, kind of like tweets from people around you. And you can like respond oh, that's or the upload thing that you or whatever. Said the kids were using a lot. Yes, the kids at my college. <laughs> because I'm old and all these kids are like college age. And so somebody was like, if only Michael Jackson were around to see The weekend today. Oh my I'm god. Like, um, why? <laughs> For what purpose? <laughs> if he had a friend like Weekend. Oh my god. <laughs> like Ben. <laughs> oh, I love Ben. <laughs> the last time we came to you, we did a little bit of a on-the-spot reaction to Lemonade, which we really had only seen the Sorry video and were able to talk about Serena's involvement in it. But we've since listened to the entire thing mm -hmm. multiple times over. I bit the bullet and I got the free trial of Tidal. And Tidal, well, I mean, the quality is really, really excellent. And I don't really do streaming, but for Beyonce, I'll do streaming, you know? <laughs> I, I think the biggest testament to how good this record is, is how often I've listened to it. A, unless it's a new Mariah record, I don't listen to albums, really. Mm. anymore like I haven't in years and also Beyonce I've always been a bigger fan of her as an entity than her music <laughs> like I there are certain singles and quite a few of them that I really like but I've always struggled with never being able to be moved by her mm. but I've been feeling this I've been feeling myself and I've been feeling her <laughs> while listening to this record yeah so I on the other hand have been a huge Beyonce fan for many years but the knock on Beyonce, and I'll admit it, was that, you know, she's too perfect, robotic even, that there was sort of a lack of feeling sometimes in her music. And I think that time has long since passed, but this this album is sort of a world apart. It'll be it'll go down in history as iconic. Yeah. It's but it's important. It's you know, almost, it's beyond yeah. Iconic. It's, She's thrown herself into her art and and come up with something magical, mm. almost. And Beyonce's an artist who worries a lot about legacy. 
you know, and she's said in interviews before that she's always stressed about how to remain relevant. And you can see that in the way that she is always, well, she's sort of reinventing how albums come out. And mm-hmm. You were stressed for a long time that the music would not live up to what you wanted it to. That it would be this a continuation of her previous beats. Right, right. That it won't be as fresh and new as you'd hoped, but like she destroyed what all those concerns. Like, why did I ever doubt her? You know <laughs> how they say, just put all your worries in the palm of her hand. <laughs> is I, that what they say? I think they say. I think it's about. Is it God. Beyonce or Jesus or God? Which is it? I mean, same, same, but different. Beezus. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's yeah. a different Beezus. <laughs> well, let's be real. There's only one Beezus. This is a tennis podcast, after all. <laughs> no, but I was worried. So I loved the self-titled album, and I feel like that was that was a new chapter of Beyonce, you know, the the previous album. But I was really hoping that those trap beats wouldn't follow her to the next project because I was just getting really tired of it. And also, living in Toronto, all you hear on the radio is Drake, Future, and The Weeknd. And you hear the same recycled and Justin Bieber. drum machine beats over and over and over. And it's getting old. Yeah. Like, I'm so bored with that. And there were, even when the self-titled album was new, there were some tracks that I just really, I just skipped every time, to be honest. So now you're, you can <laughs> say you're real, real excited to see Miss Beyonce in oh three weeks. Oh my god. I mean, I was always excited, but I was getting a little impatient, as most of the Beehive was, about this album coming out, and wondering, you know, did they botch this rollout? Because Formation came out so long ago, she had this momentum after the Super Bowl halftime show, and then it was kind of just arrested. But now, you know, we see her for her infinite wisdom, and Formation is number one on iTunes now. What she put into this record from her personal life is ridiculous. Like the stuff that she's <laughs> talking about and singing about, it's hard to be believed. And yeah, what must Mr. Zed have thought about Mr. this whole Zed. thing? <laughs> Mr. Carter Knowles? <laughs> I mean, clearly, if what's being sung about happened, he had it coming. And if he wants mm. to still be Mr. Carter Knowles, then he needs to deal with it. Right? Right. I mean... But... Okay, so how autobiographical is it? We don't know. You know, a lot of people just want to make this album the story of Becky with the good hair. Mm-hmm. And it's... No, God, but Beyonce, what a disservice to this record. Yeah, but Beyonce has made it that story. Yeah, that's part of it. A huge part and of it. She, I don't think people... It's not like people are making this stuff up. No, The receipts no, no. are there all throughout the record. But if you listen to this... And what you take away is, I'm going to fuck me up a bitch. Like, you missed it. I got you. Like, you you missed the point, you know? That's, like, number 36 on the points to take (laughs) away from this album. I mean, an important point nonetheless. The sequencing of the album, the choices of who appears in the visual album, Serena appearing in Sorry, totally on purpose. Well, yeah. For that song. You have Amanda Stenberg, the actress and activist, who I think is still only 17 Mm -hmm. and seems like she's lived a life. You know, this real diversity of black women, famous and non-famous. It it was just, it's like Beyonce has sort of entered a new chapter of women celebrating women. And I think that she's always had a feminist 
slant. But there were time. There was a time when she was afraid to say it in those yeah. words. Well, what's great you know? about it too is that we lived through decades of white feminism just leaving black women behind, mm-hmm. and now Beyonce is taking one of the the main tenets of white feminism, the sisterhood, and making it black sisterhood. Right. You know, which has always been there. Yes. You know, but we don't always see that celebrated by the most high profile people. No. And part of that is that we haven't really had many black icons of that stature. And now Beyonce is there and mm. she's holding the flag and she's waving it every which right way. Yeah. You mentioned the sequencing of the album. I feel like Beyonce really came became an album artist kind of throughout her career, you know, because first her albums were kind of a collection of great songs put together but this album tells such a cohesive story and such a you know a rise and fall it's really it's incredible to watch it but to listen to it you know it takes you through kind of these steps of grieving Mm -hmm. the anger the apathy which is sorry and then to have it culminate with formation well like now we know what formation is I know what preceded it on the record. It's mind-blowing. Well, now it makes so much sense, you know? And it does make sense at the end of this record. So around the midpoint, you know, you get to, okay, I'm still angry, but this is the love of my life, and maybe we should work on this. We're going to make it work. And then you get to All Night, which is probably my favorite song on the album. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely gorgeous. It's sort of reggae inspired. It has this amazing horn riff. It's like number mentioned. six for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's the fine. best part about that song for me is the horn. I love the song. Like the song makes me really emotional because um, of all the shit I've put you through. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's you know you go. She's going through all this anger. And, and the things that people are talking about in the media. But you get to this absolutely gorgeous atmospheric song. And it's about her and her husband. Rubbing m- up and feeling up and... <laughs> <laughs> no, like making this very grown-up decision. That we've been through this shit together. And I'm going to take a leap with you. It may not work. But, you know, we're, we are going to move forward together. And there's something so beautiful about like the uncertainty of that Mm -hmm. you know my favorite by a long stretch is sorry Mm, yeah and that is she says i'm thinking about you so many different times and every time i hear that line i hear it differently Mm -hmm. and it's even better and then she's saying stop interrupting my grinding (laughs) like (laughs) like that is such kind of like a fuck off moment right you know it's the ultimate (laughs) Like, stop it. Why? Excuse me. I'm grinding. <laughs> me and Serena in this bus full of I'm girls. I'm here feeling myself. <laughs> I also like Six Inch. I like Hold Up. I like Freedom, Formation, Don't Hurt Yourself. I like pretty much... Yeah. I could listen to pretty much all of the album. Except for that forward song, that little interlude thing. Oh, see, I love Uh, James Blake. I absolutely love him. And I love that his sound appears on the album. Mm. See, I listen to him and I think, why? (laughs) (laughs) 
You just don't get it. I'm still hoping for that Beyonce Mariah collabo. You know, like Mariah can sing like a little hook on her song somewhere. Yeah, I think it'll happen. I heard more rumors lately on Twitter. We'll see. Supposedly from an insider. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. We'll see. It's I, it definitely wouldn't have fit on this record. But it, you mentioned uh, Freedom. Freedom is an incredible song. And Kendrick's verse is fire. Yeah, I love it. I like I'm so I was so struck by the diversity of sounds on this album. It was just so not what I was expecting. It was surprising in every way. And not just the beats from her own vocals. Yes, I'm glad you mentioned that. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> because how how is she getting better? Her voice is getting better. It's more mature. She's using it differently. Like she's she's not Mariah, but she has so much versatility with the way she can express herself vocally. It's it's really really impressive. Let's move on from Beyonce. As difficult Why? as it is, <laughs> we've already done thirteen minutes. All right, fine. For the rest of this episode, we're gonna start now with a brief recap of what's been happening in tennis this week. We're gonna talk about Rafa and him suing. Uh, this French minister of sport who came for him. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about Olympic tennis eligibility and some of the the situations that you may be seeing going forward. And then what we're going to do at the end of the episode, we're going to have two new segments, may or may not be recurring, depending on how much you like them. But we're going to enjoy the hell out of these two segments tonight. <laughs> The first one is what we're calling the thirst trap list. If you recall, we called Fernando Verdasco a thirst trap. His Instagram page. His Instagram page was a thirst trap in one of our previous episodes. And if you want to engage with us on Twitter with this segment, you can use the hashtag feel up and rub up and touch up. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll have to check what order those come in. It's It's from feel up and touch up and rub up. You know, it's from Beyonce. Yeah. And then after that, we're we going to do our own spelling bee. Mm-hmm. Inspired by this video that uh, WTA uh, released this week, where we had a few of the top female players trying to spell each other's names. And it was hilarity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a little unfair, because they all had to spell using English, the English right? alphabet. So Instead that of adds saying un- you having to like struggle with ooh. Right. It just adds another layer yeah, of Yeah, it really difficulty. wasn't fair. So tennis this week, Lucy Shavashova won her first match, her first singles match of the year. First singles match? Her first singles match. Really? That's how much she'd struggled since her bacterial issue last year. Mm-hmm. Won her first singles match and parlayed <laughs> that into the Prague Open title. Yeah, in her home country. Mm-hmm. And she beat Stozer in three sets, right? Yes. It's good to see Sam Stozer and in a clay final. And she also beat Pliskova in the semifinal, which is no small feat. No, not at all. Tamia Bachinski won in Rabat. Is that how it's pronounced? <laughs> Probably not. Rabat? Rabat. Rabat? <laughs> just, you know, just, just keep trying. It sounded so different in my head. Ra- in Rabat? <laughs> in, in a city, the capital of Morocco. In Rabat. No, I doubt that's it. <laughs> As we speak, Dominic Team 
is awaiting his finals appearance mm-hmm. in Munich. In Munich against Cole Schreiber. And Diego Schwartzman is also in a final in Estoril. Yes, little Diego Schwartzman has beaten several seeded players this week in Portugal, and he's in the final as well. As you might imagine, with this whole thirst trap business, Mr. Team will be making another appearance well, later in this episode. Obviously. obviously. And so you have tournaments that have concluded, tournaments that are still going on, and then tournaments that have already started. Yeah. Because Madrid, the joint event, has already started. And I feel this is the third straight episode that something involving Miss Georgie has just happened and you get to talk about it. <laughs> Georgie, I mean, there is just no shortage of drama here. She just beat her countrywoman Sarah Irani in the first round of Madrid. After all this, she, I mean, maybe it was a good idea to play Stuttgart. I, I don't know. <laughs> And that's all I'm going to say about that. It's just a notable result. And this off the back of, I believe, making the quarters in Prague last week. Oh, oh, I didn't even, I wasn't so even like following she's, that. She's having a, a decent run of it right now. Mm-hmm. Serena announced that she's withdrawing from Madrid. So I ask you. Because she has the flu. <laughs> <laughs> I saw her on Snapchat yesterday. Uh, wearing this spandex bodysuit, and she was telling her friend, oh, I really have to get over this cold. And I'm like, I thought it was the flu. <laughs> <laughs> what, which is it? What is the truth? Meanwhile, Serena is still grinding, thinking, I ain't thinking about you. No, no, And why no, are you interrupting no. my grinding? <laughs> why, James Rogers? Um, Listen, the... People, Serena's army is going crazy over this. People are saying, okay, listen to this. It's like people are snatching their own wigs. (laughs) I don't understand. Like the slightest thing that Serena does that they're not happy about, they go insane. They start tearing each other apart. They tear themselves apart. And if you get in the firing line, we'll be Mm -hmm. onto you. Yeah. It's like that Beyonce song, If You Hurt Me, You Hurt Yourself. (laughs) Like they if got, you diss me, you diss yourself. They got their hot sauce. I mean, <laughs> and just like beating themselves. <laughs> so I saw a supposed representative of Rena's army on Twitter tweet at Chris Effort asking her to write a new letter to Serena because we're all worried that she's not going to play. Like, what? I'm and Chris Effort no- quote tweeted it and was like, no, thanks. <laughs> I'll have you, I'll remind you, I wrote a letter to Serena last year. It's about a year now. Uh, yeah. And it appeared on the changeover. It was a you bit did. satirical. Um, but I feel like it had its intended effect because <laughs> the premise was... So you're saying I can take credit for the French Open? No, for this failure. Excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> the the uh, premise was, Serena, please stop winning so much because you're really oh, threatening my gotcha. place in history. Gotcha, yeah. Right? Mm. And she did. I think you should be blaming Beyonce. Like, oh, if you want the distraction, like, Beyonce is a distraction. Like, I, Serena's clearly feeling herself outside the court right now. I'm really fine continuing to blame Roberta Vinci. <laughs> That's totally cool with me. So, now, no, but in all seriousness. Are you concerned? That's where no, I'm trying to go no. with this. 
I I uh, heard Lindsay Davenport on John Wertheim's podcast. She was on a few weeks ago, I think. Who was and once your whipping boy in this podcast, or whipping girl. Whipping woman, yeah. Yes, and now you you drink her Kool-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> no. Everything d- that comes from the fountain of Lindsay, you're just there. Listen, she's still a Republican, but... I still... Do we know this? Do we know this? Uh, we do. Okay. If anyone has evidence to the contrary, please DM Jonathan. <laughs> uh, but Don't be blowing up my mentions. You're the one who needs to be put <laughs> yeah. into place. No, but Lindsay said that to her, it was clear that Serena was it, going through a grieving process that is still going. You know, that the shock of and the despair of losing that Grand Slam is just almost too much for someone to handle and she's still handling it and that she's also not surprised that Serena might be less than motivated. Mm. You that know? makes sense. Right. We talked about this at the start of the year, what to expect from Serena and and we had wondered, you know, how do how can you expect her to come back full throttle like she was last year after everything that she went through? Mm-hmm. We take for granted that she's a robot. Right. And maybe that's why she's pairing up with Beyonce, so she can have that roboticness rub off. (laughs) So she can... (laughs) I'm still not above shading Beyonce, okay? That's fine. That's fine. I mean, I'm a little bit concerned. She's older now, and match play is an issue. Right. She's older, but I don't think that she has any, like, serious injury concerns. Mm -hmm. I think that... It's difficult for her right now to get motivated to practice every day. What about the knee that she supposedly has no cartilage left in it? I don't... I have no idea. I mean, she played four Grand Slams last year and a bunch of other tournaments. You know, she was... I mean, she was suffering from that elbow injury. But I think the knee has been kind of a concern for a long, long time. We both believe that there is some serious depth on the WTA Tour. And so while Serena on her best or even half her best day still beats most of these women easily, Mm. when you're showing up to the French Open or maybe she loses early in Rome and she doesn't have that much match practice ahead of the French Open, you show up and you draw somebody earlier on that's going to give you a hard time. And who knows? Right. I feel like she's opened up herself to a a bigger crapshoot in chasing this 22nd Grand Slam title. Okay, yeah, I, I would agree. But listen, Venus and Serena together have made the rest of the WTA raise their level mm-hmm. so many times. You know, like, there are sort of clear delineations, right? Justine Enna became a world-class player. Maybe, maybe because she had to. You know, because in another era, she would have been. Just her natural talent was so great that she would have been. But, you know, you see these generations of players sort of come to the level of Serena and Venus. And maybe it's happening again. I I don't know. You know, Serena was so above the rest of the field for the past, what, four years now? She just The thing that I am happy for her about is she doesn't seem bothered by any of it. And it's really her life at this point. We talked about this last episode with Rafa and him supposedly being re-emergent. Mm. 
And my position being that we've had so much joy from Rafa that anything, no, it's just gravy. Like, Rina fans, you've had 21 Grand Slams. You've had all this greatness. You have all this continuing greatness off the court. She gives you so much, and yet you still expect so much and even more. <laughs> you know? You know I give you life. <laughs> <laughs> and so if Serena's having a good time enjoying herself, I'm okay, I'm, I'm okay with that. Like, I, I don't... I certainly don't expect a Grand Slam... Like, like a, a four in a calendar year. Grand yeah. Slam. No. I didn't expect her to win all four plus the Olympics this year. You, at a certain point, you have to balance your own expectations with what's come before mm. and who she is. Yeah. But she's at 21 Grand Slams right now. Mm-hmm. It, she can't retire. No, oh, she can't? No. <laughs> you say that like, oh, like there's nothing left to prove, da, da, da. Of course there is. You can't come this close without trying. Nobody's talking you know? about her retiring or no. trying, but it's her work-life balance. <laughs> I mean, when your That's life been is... That's the story of Serena her entire career. When your life is as cool as Serena's... It's probably hard to get motivated sometimes because training for tennis See, is... See, that's a projection. We don't what? know what her motivation is. Like, okay. I feel like... Uh, well, that, she doesn't really that's seem been, that motivated. That's been my major objection to all this Rena Army thing. Mm. Talking about, you know, making fun of the tacos and the Snapchat <laughs> and the HSN and the this and the that. Saying that, why aren't you paying attention to your tennis? And you've joked about that oh, yeah, as well. Yeah. With some seriousness in there. <laughs> I've joked like I don't want to see uh, anything about your damn costume party anymore. I want to see your ass on a clay court. Like you know, if she's not Snapchatting, it doesn't mean she's not on the court practicing somewhere <laughs> or in the gym somewhere. Right, like right. twerking, very physical. She's getting a workout. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm sure she's working those knee muscles when she's twerking on that. Maybe ground. that's easier on the knees. You know, <laughs> we'll keep our ears and eyes open. For Miss Miss Reno mm -hmm. in the next few weeks. But honestly, I'm not super concerned about her withdrawal from Madrid because, first of all, I don't really... Hmm, how do I say this? I don't really care about Madrid <laughs> because it's not, like, a real tournament. <laughs> it is a real tournament, but it doesn't have the tradition, the legacy. For me, it doesn't have the heft of the other European clay tournaments mm -hmm. because it's played in different conditions that are very sub different it does from have a Roland Garros. points, which she will not I be defending that, this. But I don't think it should. Do you, you don't sit here and pretend like you don't care about Serena's number one ranking? Oh, I certainly do. Because previously you had said mm. you had laughed at me almost on this podcast when I said her number one ranking is in jeopardy, and it's even more so mm. with just quote unquote giving away a thousand points this week. Okay, fine. Yeah, I'm just saying you asked if I was concerned. No, I'm not. Concerned about what is what oh. I'm saying. Concerned about the number one ranking. Concerned about her. Concerned about winning the French Open. Well, the number one ranking, maybe. But like, even if she loses it, I feel like she could get it right back for, through the rest of the season if she plays a little in the fall. Because the, I mean, Kerber is at number two, right? Or is it Radwanska? No, it's Radwanska. Okay, Radwanska has a lot of points to defend in, in the, the fall. fall yeah. Like the the people at like two, three, four are so sort of in and out that I'm not super worried about the number one ranking. Can she win Roland Garros? Why not? I mean, 
right now it looks like she probably won't because she we don't even know what she's looking like yeah. on clay right now but like that really hasn't stopped her in the past i'm not gonna say oh i predict her to win but if she did would i be stunned no okay yeah that's all moving on to rafa's drama a little while ago the uh former french minister of sport rosaline bachelot i think that's how you say it bachelot if we are to pay her <laughs> that much attention right she said some pretty inflammatory things accusing nadal of doping and saying that his long layoff i think in 2012 was obviously the result I mean, of a positive you doping don't just test. miss seven months right everybody knows yeah so you know there has obviously been a lot of animosity in the past between the french and the spanish sporting ministries mm -hmm. that's kind of a cultural thing i guess uh but rafa was very very pissed and he continues to be pissed and he just put his money where his mouth was is because <laughs> <laughs> when it happened when he first threatened in the press conference like, i'm gonna sue her and everybody else who comes and says something like i this. know i'm like I'm okay, like, okay, okay, okay girl. i'll see it when it happens when you pull down <laughs> right? a little bit like do you really want to go through all that rigmarole and, and apparently so he does he lawyered up and he just filed suit a defamation suit um and he also asked the itf to make all of his uh doping tests and his biological passport uh public from the past and moving forward right because he wants to be transparent and prove to everyone he's never failed mm -hmm. a doping test and from what i've read the itf issued a statement saying he's more than welcome to access those results through mm. the WADA uh, database and make those public himself, and they will back them up. Yeah. So they're... Well, they confirmed that he has never failed a doping test, mm -hmm. but they're not getting into that mess. <laughs> and I'm not going to sit here and say that that's indication of Rafa having never doped, because my position has always been that we don't really know what doping is. Somebody could always be ahead of the game. Something that's totally okay now could then become problematic later on. Mm. Who knows, right? But I think big picture, this is important and clearly something that Rafa feels very strongly about to kind of put this issue to rest for him mm -hmm. or at least make it known publicly that he's not about to stand for it. Right. And I've seen some folks say, well, just like I just said, but I come from it as a perspective of being a Rafa fan. Mm. People who are clearly not Rafa fans. Saying like, okay, girl, like, people who have been drug cheaters and proven to be drug cheaters in the past have said the same thing. And just because you haven't failed a test does not mean anything. Okay? Mm. All right? <laughs> like, would these people be saying the same thing if it were their beloveds? You know, like, you can see the presitude right. so clearly. Oh, my God. Like, can you imagine if Roger Federer was accused of doping? <laughs> but th I don't think he has. I don't have any reason to think he has. But some troll could say, well, through the prime of his career, he was never injured, mm -hmm. ever. I mean, this you is know? totally the issue where you just sip your tea at home, watch from a distance, and keep your mouth shut. Right, stay out of it. Right, like you have nothing definitive to add. Let Rafa wage his battle. Mm -hmm. If Rafa is dumb... <laughs> enough to go this public and make this big of an issue right, out of it only to then right. be proven a drug cheat after the fact 
well. Oof. Then you can have your say in all the social media courts. Like Marion Jones, remember? Like, she defended herself for how many years? Mm-hmm. And watching her fall was really painful. Like, if, if it is the prostitute at play, soak it up. Watch him, put himself out there and watch him fall. Mm-hmm. If that's your end game. But don't be coming at this like from some pseudo-objective perspective where people can't see through your bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, channel channel your negative energy somewhere else. We are also not of the opinion. Well, we we both I mean, I can say that I hope Rafa is not a drug cheat. I don't know if <laughs> I'm can, I can say that I believe that he isn't. Like I have no basis to oh. believe. You know, like I don't mm-hmm. know him. Well, yeah. But I we, mean, we have a we do have a vested interest in him being clean. Of course. Right. And for a fan to say like, "Oh, I know that my favorite doesn't use steroids." You have no absolutely yeah, no basis no for that. Basis. You don't know these And people. that's the other part of this because as much as we've seen the pressed folks, we've seen the fans who are pressed as well. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh my God, Rafa, give it to them. <laughs> Rafa, yes. <laughs> right. I mean, I do. I mean, I kind of like this litigious Rafa. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's uh, it's becoming. You know, bossy Rafa is some of the best Rafa that yeah. there is. I, yeah, we'll save that for later on in the episode <laughs> for a thirst trap. <laughs> now, you wanted to talk or touch on the Olympics, the qualification scenarios. Courtney Nguyen just published a very, very helpful article uh, on the WTA site, just explaining. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know they've been explained before, but it, it's yeah. a little complicated. I remember we were sitting with her and Ben and I think maybe Steph in the U.S. in Cincinnati last summer at Applebee's. And the Olympic qualification came up, right? Mm-hmm. And this was before Venus had won all those points in the fall and we were wondering, you know, what Venus's situation was. And we were all a little bit unclear at the point. And I remember Courtney saying specifically, you know, I'll have to definitely look into this and do some research. Right. And boy, did she. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's basically the uh, the authority now. Right. And so if you have any questions about what the Olympic qualification scenarios are and how that affects your favorites, Right. The teams that are pretty stacked, Mm -hmm. you know. Then check that out. We're going to link to it at the bottom of this podcast on the Podbean page. That's what you need to be looking at. So I'm not going to go into all the scenarios here because Courtney's got that covered. Mm. Basically, though, the way it works is that the top 56 on the We just said we weren't going to get into it. (laughs) Uh, Well... Just really quickly, okay. this is e- easy. The top 56 are direct entries, mm-hmm. unless there are more than four per country. So you can only have four per country. And there could be a situation where, say, Germany or Czech Republic has more than four in the top 56. So somebody loses, unfortunately. Yes. So in the US, this is what we've been talking about for months. So Serena and Venus are basically locks. And then we have Sloan and Madison. And then Coco. Coco is, uh, you know, a little further away, but is definitely a long shot possibility, Mm -hmm. you know, to knock out one of those two. The thing I found most interesting about this article is the double scenarios. Mm -hmm. Because we only ever hear about what it would take to qualify in singles. But the double stuff is really fascinating. Yeah. 
So if you are in the top 10 of doubles, you are automatically in the Olympic draw. However, a lot of these women will not be able to play with their regular or, partners. Or men. Or men, right. Because uh, these rules are set forth by the ITF, which covers both. Uh-huh. So Bethany Maddox-Sands, for example, will qualify as it stands now. But obviously she can't play with Safajeva, so she will pick... She's allowed to pick any player from her country with a ranking. Singles or The doubles. ranking could be like 900, mm-hmm. you know. So, you know, she could pick Coco because they played together at Indian Wells. She could pick, I mean, she could pick Sloan, anyone. Madison Brengel, right. whoever she wants. The mixed double is a little bit more tricky, though, because there are only 16 teams in that entry field. And in order to qualify, you have to, in order to play mixed doubles at the Olympics, you have to be part of the singles or doubles team. Oh, okay. So you can't just be, okay, I'm ranked top 10 in mixed doubles. I'm going to pick whomever. doesn't work like that. Oh, I see. Also, there's a maximum of two doubles teams per country. In mixed? In regular doubles. Oh, okay. And so Coco will qualify. Mm. Fine. But the Williams sisters will hang their hat, as Courtney pointed out, on the fact that you can then become a doubles team based on your singles or doubles ranking if you combine them. Oh, okay. So Venus and Serena will be in good stead because right. Serena's won. Venus, right now, after this week, she'll probably be around 15, 16. they hard to beat that 17. Even though they don't have a doubles Correct. ranking yet. Mm-hmm. You would think that being the defending doubles champion at the Olympics would count for something, but it doesn't. Um, or having won 13 majors right. in doubles or three gold mm-hmm. medals in Olympic doubles, you would be the number one seeds. I mean, luckily they won't, there probably won't be any issue. Right. If there were, say Coco is ranked top five, if there were two other American women ranked in the top 10 in doubles, no, that would have been quite the scenario. Mm. Right. Cause then the Williams sisters might have been a bit out of luck. yeah luckily we don't have to think about that now for our next segment we're going to talk about one of the major reasons that we love tennis and what is that the male objectification (laughs) and let me tell you if i get any of this bullshit about your male tears about how come we can't objectify women but you can talk about men's bodies just just see yourself out We've waited 41 episodes to do a segment like this. Like we have, if you want to come for us, check all of our receipts, increase our listenership. <laughs> you know, just save that shit for BuzzFeed though. You know what? Like every uh, thirst trap article they have, like about sexy men, the first comment is always, always, always some pressed man saying, why can't we objectify women? <laughs> it's like, we're not going to get into why you're wrong. No. Because this is fun. And what is the point of this segment? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Just to celebrate. No, explain it. Explain it. What are we going to be doing? Um, well, I don't know. We're just going to be telling you who the sexiest male tennis players are in our opinion. Okay. Right? It's not really much more than that. No. (laughs) And again, feel free to use the hashtag... Feel up and rub up and touch up. <laughs> <laughs> Song is All Night from the album 
Lemonade artist. You may have heard of it. Beyonce. (laughs) Now, I have to start with Nadal. He's my first, my last, my everything. Rafa. Joey Sanga, cover your ears. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Rafa is just, you know, even though his hair is thinning a little bit. Which is a big cause for concern for us. Yeah, the hair is bad. But he still looks so good in his his underwear, his tennis kit, (laughs) his suits, his practice shirts. When he comes to the court fresh and ready for a tennis match and the hair is in Mm -hmm. place, you wouldn't even know. You'd never know (laughs) about the hair. I mean, when you're that rich, I feel like there's something you can do about it. But Rafa has never, never fallen from the number one spot for me. Okay. I agree. Mm-hmm. I have a youngin that's coming for that number one spot. We'll probably never mm-hmm. get there. Is he legal? Yes. <laughs> but Mr. Dominic Team, Mr. Bay, Mr. <laughs> Austrian Bay, in spite of the voice, which I find repellent. Repellent? I Really? All I hear is Schwarzenegger. Oh That's my god. All I hear. I, I just can't. <laughs> I just can't. Dude is fine. Yeah. And he's got a nice little thickness to him. <laughs> you know? I sent you that picture on Twitter of him sitting uh, at a press conference in his shorts. And, you know, you could see his thighs. <laughs> you are so damn thirsty right now. <laughs> Isn't that the point of this? It is uh, the point. It's the point. Yeah. yeah. I'm blushing a little bit. I'm like, you've always accused me of being a little bit of a prude. <laughs> And this was your idea. It was, yeah. So I w- I would agree with you, with okay. Dominic. But I I will he's say he's probably too, like your number one. Like now, but... I found Dominic. Oh, you, years ago. You found years him years ago. Miss New Booty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Before he lost that little, you hear a little bit of like baby fat going on. Yeah, you know. I want you to be careful at how long you draw out the word years. Okay. Because two years. No, because he's only. In his early 20s. No, this is like two years. This okay. is totally fine. Okay. Like, why are you trying to load me up for everybody <laughs> to hear? Like, while you were sitting in way up high in the 300s at the Rexall Center, now the Aviva Center, watching Miss Roger Federer, I yeah. scurried away to the grandstand to watch Dominic Team. Oh, and you were like, with my mom yeah, and aunt. It wasn't just for no, like pseudo-journalistic reasons, let me tell you. <laughs> I'll let you get Songa and Verdasco out of the way. Out of the way? Take, take They're that. a major component. Okay. Well, the, yeah, I mean... The microphone, the microphone is yours. <laughs> we just go way back, me and Joe and Fernando. Like, Fernando's been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. He's in his 30s now. And do you remember when he had that really horrific haircut yes and you know that's kind of a, a spanish thing that is their want to be a little off kilter with the fashions but <laughs> but he's just you know he is in the gym 24 7 working on that body and it really shows that i and if i were him i would show it off too He's obviously very fond of himself, yeah. but that is A-okay. He's a bit too buff, a bit too tan, a bit too much for my liking at this <laughs> point. When Fernando was unknown, when he was on the come up, 
mm-hmm. and playing those five set matches at the US Open way back when. Yeah. That's when I was into Fernando. Oh, okay. It hasn't been the case when for years. He was like a little now. leaner. Yes. And for the same reason I like Joe Willie. I've always loved him. He's so cute. Like he's so adorable and his body's just like on point. Wonderland. Mm. Well, <laughs> does that ruin it for you? Yeah, please don't ever bring John, up John Mayer, Mayer reference ever again. <laughs> no. We talked about Fernando being his Instagram account being a thirst trap. There was no greater thirst trap than Tommy Robredo tweeting oh. a picture from his <laughs> hospital bed this week. Oh my god. Talking about, oh my god, the surgery went so well. Meanwhile, his entire thigh right. in his hospital gown is on display. You could practically see, a, what do you guys call it? His batty jaw? <laughs> who, who are you guys? <laughs> Yardies. <laughs> he means Jamaicans. Yeah, I mean, the sheet was like artistically draped over his body. It was really ridiculous. I love these Spanish... You know I love Spanish Armada. These guys are so dramatic, and they're all gorgeous, and they're all kind of into themselves, Mm -hmm. and that's fine with me. David Ferrer should be on this list for me, Mm. but he just isn't. Uh, He has wondrous hair, (laughs) gorgeous face, clearly very in shape, but Mm. he's just never done it for me. Yeah, I know he's a big favorite of folks who are fans of the Armada, and I just... Yeah, I'm kind of with you. It's kind of like one of those musicians you really respect, but you wouldn't buy their album. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like Bruce Springsteen. I know he's a, a legend and a brilliant artist, but I don't, I'm don't. i not really into his music. So that's where I am with David Ferrer. No one Monaco? No. That's another I mean, story. Girl. Some, some people are just blessed. Like, there's just... He's just a beautiful person. Like, the, he just posted something on Twitter where he has a new haircut, and it's very severe, and I don't like it at all. Mm. But it's like, still fine. It's like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not mad about it. <laughs> You've got Diego Schwartzman here. I do. Yeah, he's so cute. I follow, I've i been following him on Instagram for a long time. He's short, and he's just, like, adorable. And who else? I have some question marks here question marks yeah it's like the people where i'm not really sure slash kind of ashamed well they're also people who folks go crazy for on Mm. on twitter oh like ben pear is objectively beautiful uh uh-huh and you see him strutting around a tennis tournament and he's got something about him he's got a je ne sais quoi oh my god even when we were in toronto with my mom we walked by him and she's like who dat (laughs) yeah She thought he was very cute. But this beard thing that he's going on, it is an abomination. Yeah. The, beard, the beard is horrible. Horrible. I know, uh, you know, some people are really into the beards, but I just don't like it. And is it comfortable, like, sweating? I don't, know, I don't even want to think about it. Just stop. <laughs> My other question mark is Almagro. Because he's always been, like, somebody I've been attracted to, but also felt, like, a little shameful about it. I think he falls into the most improved category. (laughs) Okay, okay. (laughs) Let's just leave it at that. Yeah. My, if I had a guilty pleasure, it would be Jack Sock. If you know me, like, for all these years now, damn near a Mm. decade, Jack Sock doesn't fit. 
No, at not, all. No, not at all. But if you have a type, he's not it. Not it at all. But something about Jack Sock, I just find irresistible. You know, I think 2016 should be the year of no guilty pleasures. <laughs> There's only pleasures. Why feel ashamed? <laughs> Unless it's John Isner. Stop. <laughs> Bad enough we had to deal with the body issue, the oh ESPN body issue photo spread with with john isner and now you have to go bring mm. him up in this context <laughs> and the other half of pospisak i love vashik see he's for me really vashik is just really cute oh. like I, he's just cute you all know it's right, fine but who takes well he takes the cakes all the cakes <laughs> literally all of the cakes and talk about a fine wine and getting hotter as you get older you have him written down here in capital letters mm-hmm. as Daddy Haas. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Tommy Haas is like king of the daddies. He's been around since the mid-90s. Mm-hmm. He's been on tour yeah. for over 20 years now. And he is just not to be believed. <laughs> <laughs> I had a friend in college who said... She was, like, very attracted to Tommy Haas, but she's like, I think he's just a little too German. <laughs> I think that, <laughs> like, was my, okay. that was my thing earlier in his career. You know when some people just look a little bit too German and what that conjures for you? Oh, my God. <laughs> and that's probably not in any way, shape, or form politically correct. No. But I hope that comes across on the podcast mm. as to what I mean. Just maybe a little bit uncomfortable. Like, you're a little bit too perfect. Okay. But... He's aged very well. And now that yeah. I'm in my 30s, I'm very comfortable with embracing and lusting an after an older, older gentleman. And you remember the video his wife posted of him singing Frozen with right. his little girl in the car? I mean, that is super cute. Irresistible. <laughs> the list isn't very long. That pretty much covers it. Right? Yeah. I mean, there are other people like I Feliciano mean, Lopez, who is... Supposedly a sex pot, just a little bit too ripped and maga. Yeah, he's too so As he gets older, thin. he's so skinny right yeah. now. But if we're going back in time, Bjornborg, hello, like 1978 Bjornborg, my lord. <laughs> There's a reason like girls were chasing after him. And Alex she, Karecha. Yeah, in the right. 90s, I was a big fan of, of Karecha. 80s, we kind of skip over the 80s. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they were there. Just... And then there are folks who generate lots of buzz online who we just don't share the same affinity for. Mm. Like, there are people who find Roger Federer hot. Yeah. The furthest I'm willing to go is that there are certain photos in which Roger Federer looks very handsome. Handsome, yeah. But... Handsome is like a de-sexed word. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there's some photos like, wow... Awesome hair. Oh, I have long been an admirer of his hair. Forever. And there's certain angles where he looks like really cute. Mm. But But like sexy. Not quite. But if he does it for you, who are we to judge? That's you. Yeah, I also get the Stan thing. I do. Oh, God. How did I forget about Stan? Yeah. Stan is so sexy to me. Okay. Yeah. And I know. He's like in my, like. 8 to 15 range. (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, there's definitely a lot of weirdness with him and Donna Vekic and him cheating on his wife and being like a sleaze in general, but he is so fine. The thickness really is just doing it You're for me. You're a fan of the thickness, yeah. period. But he's thick, but like very fit. He's not like blubbery. Do you need a break? <laughs> <laughs> no, God, I did not have to spell soon. Right? So you're saying Bernard Tomic isn't on your list? Girl. <laughs> no. No. I, he and Nikirios can be in like a category unto themselves. Spelling bee time. Spelling bee. Because you know why? Because the library is always open here. And let me tell you, I am not saying this as some kind of indicator that I'm going to win. But mm -hmm. I do have a fairly accomplished history of competing in spelling bees. Mm -hmm. The uh, in Jamaica, the Greater New mm -hmm. Kingston spelling That's bee. That's not what it was. <laughs> but I did win my my school spelling bee, and I competed at the parish level, which would be the equivalent of the state level, and right. I finished eighth at the state level equivalent. All right, and I mean. St. Andrew is probably, like, the best parish. I'm Don't tell anyone else, but... <laughs> <laughs> I I won an Enid Blyton book for my troubles. It was you know one what's of the so most... sad? Is that I never even knew who that was until, like, my 20s or something. We just, you know... Y'all just had Hardy Boys. Oh, and, like, God. Goosebumps and all that shit. Oh, Goosebumps, yeah. yeah. No, I didn't read any I mean, of Hardy Boys We were stuff. a British colony, so we had the British authors. But it was one of the most harrowing experiences <laughs> of my life. I was in tears when I lost. And oh that word God. I spelled wrong was mellifluous. Mm. And it's M-E-L-L-I. I spelled it with one L. And when they said, no, sorry, girl. Did they ring a bell? There like was no the... bell. Oh. But there were, I don't remember. Like, But it was, no, it ain't happening. It, my world collapsed. <laughs> <laughs> but you won your school. That's something. I know. How old were you? I was 10. Uh, we were eligible to I don't think that I could spell mellifluous when I was 10. You could enter well, the could. school spelling bee when you were 9 or 10 in grades 5 or 6. Mm. And I entered in grade 5. And I didn't come close to winning. But I also got a reprieve because the woman who was doing <laughs> the spelling bee was my specific class teacher. And so oh. when she gave me the word honor to spell, these are the things you remember, mm -hmm. right? I spelled it like a Yankee. Mm -mm, no. I spelled it H-O-N-O-R. And she was like, "So I didn't quite hear that. <laughs> and the look she gave me, mm -hmm. I was like, H-O-N-O-U-R. <laughs> she said, can you spell that again, please? <laughs> All right. So how this is going to work is James is going to give me WTA names. And I'm going to give him ATP names. Mm. We're each going to give each other five. And it's like a penalty shootout in football. And if there's a winner after five names on either end, then that person's the winner. If not, we go to sudden death to a maximum of 10 names total. Okay. All right. And if this is successful, maybe we'll have some listener interaction and some showdowns in the future. <laughs> okay. So who wants to start? Do you want me to quiz you first? I'll let you decide. Do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? Yeah, so I I will give you the names first. Okay. okay so this We're going to do 1-1. One, one. Oh, oh, I see. Okay. This is women's tennis players first. Mm -hmm. I'm going to start... Don't let me see the sheet. Oh. 
So I'm, I'm not going to start too rough, okay? Okay. This is sort of cheating. This is a first name. I want you to spell Agnieszka Radwanska's first name. I didn't know. We did not agree upon this. It oh, was so like last cheating? names. Um, well, you weren't supposed to study for it. No, I didn't study, okay, fine, but like... Fine, fine, fine. I'll cross that out. Uh, so, your first word is Baczynski. Okay. You knew this was coming. So, like, for months, for most of my sports scribe life, Baczynski has been my bugaboo. <laughs> but something clicked last week. Oh, great. Something clicked last week, and now it just makes sense. So, it's B-A-C-S-I-N-S-Z-K-Y. Notice I said Z, because that's how the majority of the world pronounces it. For my fellow Americans, Mm -hmm. apparently Z means Z. Which means that you pronounce zebra, zebra, which has always sound all kinds of fucked up to me. No, that has nothing to do with a vowel after a Z. So why do you say zebra and we say zebra? I don't know, because that's completely wrong. Okay. Why do you say controversy instead of controversy? And aluminium. <laughs> right. You just add a word, a letter in there. The queen prescribed it, okay? Okay, what should we go? Should I start hard or go a little bit easier? I don't know. This is all, this is your choice. Tell us how to spell Eugenie. Okay, Eugenie. May I have the language of origin, please? <laughs> It's Russian, and I like your form, just like Miss Belinda Bencic, because this is inspired by that WTA video. Right. She was the only one who would consistently say the name before she then proceeded mm-hmm. to spell. Okay. Yuzhny. Y-O-U-Z-H-N-Y. Okay. 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 So, your next word is Van Eitvank. I know this one, too. Mm. V-A-N-U-I-T-V-A-N-C-K. Well done. Thank you. Oh, I have to give you one now. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go a little bit harder. Okay. Zoom her. Zoom her. Okay. D-Z-U-M-H-U-R. What the fuck, man? Really? <laughs> that was the one for sure I thought I had you oh, with. Oh, you pronounced it too well, I think. Okay, so you... No, but come on, like, how did you know that? I don't, I've seen it before. I don't know, I remembered it. That one, I have to look up every single time. Okay, now your next word is Kudryavseva. Okay. Kudryavseva. K... U D R Y A T S E V A. I'm so sorry. What? It's yeah. O V A? No, no, no. The, it goes Y A V T S E V A. Oh. Well, that's mildly embarrassing. That's okay. We're still going. Mm hmm. What's the score right now? Um, well, we'll do it after five. But I don't know. People are listening. Oh, they need to oh keep sorry. So, so this is round three, and mm-hmm. it's two all, and you have the chance to go ahead three two after three rounds. Is that where we're at? Uh, I guess so. Yeah. Okay. I w- I don't know how we're doing the scoring, but yeah, that sounds right. It's fairly simple. <laughs>
I don't know what to do. Okay. Yanowitz. Okay. I don't know how to pronounce it, but I think I can spell it. J-A-N-O-W-I-C-Z. Correct. This is not looking good at all. Okay, your next one is Arabarena. Do you mind repeating that, please? Arabarena. Okay. Now, this was partly inspired to by a tweet that Courtney sent out, Courtney Nguyen sent out a couple weeks ago saying, what's your bugaboo with tennis names, right? Yeah. And I think she had said that this was hers. Mm. A... R R U A B A R E N A. No. Oh my god. The second part has two R's. Mm. Oh, you heard that noise? <laughs> that was him scratching out not, a name. I did that. Okay. mean that. <laughs> <laughs> I would like you to spell Smichek. Okay, Tim Smichek. Who was very close to making the thirst trap list, mind you. Really? Yeah. Oh. Okay, so Smichek is S-M-Y-C-Z-E-K. You are unstoppable, it seems. All of your words have Zs in them. Zs, right? Well, I'll be sure to give you one that doesn't have a Z next time. <laughs> it's like virtually impossible for me to win. No, you've won. Because it's... Yeah, but we're still, we're still okay. going to finish. Uh, so your last word in this round is buyu kache. This I should know. Yes. Oh my god. I have not the slightest clue. Are can you... I write and try and write it out? Well, in the official spelling bee, you can uh, mimic writing, but uh, it's fine. <laughs> B-U-Y-U- C, sorry, no, 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 no. Yeah, you can start over. B-U-Y-U-K-A-K-C-A-Y. Yes. Okay. Okay. So I have one more, right? You have one more. I want you to spell Chechenado. Okay. It's C-E-C-C-H-I-N-A-T-O. Wow, five out of five. Look at you. <laughs> well, you gave me an Italian name to spell. The, like, the, the men's ones were not that difficult. Like, I'm looking at the list here. I've got Kohlschreiber, Gabishvili, Debacker, Chudinelli, Deschepper. Who else? Oh. Could, I mean, mm. like, you could pretty have. I was hoping you wouldn't be able to do Jim Horror. <laughs> what else did you have? Oh, I had Tom, Jan, Tom Lanovich, oh, I could which do is one. really hard. No, that one's easy. Oh. I, the J is confusing. Lavachkova, Kum Kum, um, Beyonce, Giselle, Knowles, Carter. <laughs> what? <laughs> Can you spell Knowles, Carter? <laughs> See, maybe you should have given me the ones that you didn't give me. What are you talking about? Oh, I was supposed to go easy? <laughs> Come on now. That violates the spirit of competition. Kudryavtseva. So this is going to haunt me for the next 20 years of my life now. Oh my god. Just like Mellifluous. I know, you're going to be like wandering the halls of some insane asylum. Kudryavtseva, Kudryavtseva. 
You know, every time the word mellifluous, <laughs> every time that word comes up in conversation, you have got to like relive this painful memory. How could and you not? Like, oh, that's the like word. Children I who are like, nine, I know, I know. Children what the word who are is. nine and ten years old should not go through that. I know. Do you see these kids passing out on national television? Right. It's crazy. But I mean, there is no better TV than the National no, Spelling Bee. No. There's really not. And if you ever if you haven't seen the documentary Spellbound, which is about it like follows eight children in one year of the National Spelling Bee, it is awesome. It's so good. Well, you've uh, congratulations, James. Thank you. Round 1 goes to me. Hmm. So that was our first ever Spelling Bee and we're spelling it B E Y because Beyonce has been a very present presence in our a podcast the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. If you like this segment, let us know. Maybe it's something we can do more often. Maybe it's something we can do as an interactive feature with our listeners. Mm-hmm. Maybe a call in aspect. Right. Now, I'm hoping that we can get the podcast on title. But for now, we're going to have to settle for <laughs> iTunes. iTunes seemed to have worked out the problems right. and our episodes are all up. I was on the emails with this gentleman named Aaron and he assured me that we will have no further iTunes issues. Oh, he told you? He did. Yeah. Oh, okay. You didn't tell me that. Well, I'm waiting. I'm waiting to see what happens this time around. Do you have Aaron's home phone number in I case have something his goes email wrong? address okay. and he... <laughs> The previous time it took him like four days to respond after a strongly worded email, he responded within 24 hours this time. So, All right. So thank you everybody for listening. As always, give us a shout out on iTunes. Give us a review. You can find us on Twitter at TheBodyServe. My name's Jonathan. My Twitter handle is at SportsscribeCA. And my name is James. A.K.A. Uh, Spelling Bee Champion. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm at Elliot JMR, and that's two L's and two T's. Till next time.